0: Hello and welcome to The Better Business Show with me, Tom Idle. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up this week...
1: Martin and I have always been enterprising. When we were younger, Martin would invent things. So we invented this uh, downhill go-kart and then invented a uh, a fold-up surfboard because we only had a moped to get to the beach. And we thought, you know, maybe we could set up a renewables installation firm but then we realized that we didn't have any money and then we thought well if we have not got any money maybe we can I don't know uh, be consultants and this is at the age of like 20 and 22 we had cheap suits and uh, fine (laughs) beards and were probably (laughs) unlikely to to be taken seriously.
0: Yes we're in the company of Rob Drake Knight this week definitely not a consultant with a fine beard but certainly one of the two brother co-founders of Rapa Nui the smart ethical t-shirt business. Stay tuned. Yeah, welcome back. This is episode 30 of The Better Business Show. Uh, Very much appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for coming back to us. And, uh, well, something not to be sniffed at. It's our six-month birthday this week. So we've got another great episode, another great story to tell you uh, during the course of this show. And also very exciting, very, very exciting, announcement to make a bit later. So stay tuned for that. Now there's no Vicky Knowles with us this week. Uh, she is, actually I don't know where she is. She, well she's probably on a beach somewhere but she's she's having a week off. Uh, in fact I suspect many of you are off uh, right now uh, during the summer holidays. Um, hopefully you're still finding time to tune into the show. Um, so yeah we're going to be hitting you with another great story in the form of Rapa Nui in just a moment. But before we do that, a couple of bits of housekeeping. Uh, Please, please, please sign up to our newsletter. You'll get it every Friday and it'll give you an alert to each new episode that comes out. We'll also link to some other great stories and any sort of other news we have from the show in that newsletter. So give us your email address on the homepage www.betterbusiness.show and we will send you that every Friday. And you can also find us on uh, iTunes, so if you haven't already subscribed via iTunes, then I encourage you to do so. Uh, of course, we're on SoundCloud, which is where the show's hosted. Uh, we're also on TuneIn and Deezer and Stitcher, so lots of other ways you can you can listen to the show. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh, on Twitter, I'm sorry, at Tom Idle. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, and you can find the Narrative Matters uh, Facebook page. Just uh, have a look at that, Google that and you'll find us there where, again, we'll give you alerts, we'll give you updates on the show during the week, uh, so go do that. Now, as I say, I'm super excited this week, you can probably tell in my voice. Uh, I'll tell you more after you've heard this week's show, but the reason I'm excited is because I really like to support each of our guest businesses that we have on the show. In any way that I can, if they 've written a book i'll buy it i'll share it if they've launched a website i'll visit it i'll boss you know I'll buy something i'll spread the word uh, if they've produced a, a great purse made from reclaimed fire hose, as is the case with Elvis and Cressy, who was our guest last week um, i'll get one. I gave one to my wife uh, last year, so you know I think it's really important that in showcasing the great companies that we have on the show. I try to kind of immerse myself in what it is they're doing, you know, whether it's sort of delving into their website or exploring their their story or their personal journey or buying their products uh, in, and really, sort of, you know, supporting their endeavours in, in any way I can. And I've taken that philosophy to another level this week, and I've launched a brand new business venture, having been inspired by our guest business this week. As I say, have a listen to this show and I'll explain a bit more after you've heard the interview this week. Before we dive into the world of Rapanui, let me give you a bit of background about the company. It's a business that was established back in 2008 as an eco-fashion brand. Uh, it was set up by two brothers, Rob and Martin Drake Knight. Uh, Martin had been studying renewable energy engineering. Rob had been studying business and they both wanted to create something that drew on their academic experience and also their passion for sustainability. They knew that they wanted to work together. They didn't really want to leave their, their home within they're based on the Isle of Wight, which is off the south coast of England. Uh, they toyed with the idea of becoming consultants. They toyed with the idea of launching a renewables business, but they didn't have enough money to get off the ground. So they settled on this idea of buying a box of t-shirts and with a few hundred quid to kick off and a garden shed as their base, they set about creating a new brand with ethics and traceability at its foundations. Essentially, they wanted to use the power of a brand to influence customers and to get them to think about where their clothes actually come from. Eight years later and that's exactly what Rapa is doing and much, much more as you're about to find out and which will also bring us nicely on to my exciting news that I'll share with you at the end of the show. I caught up with Rob on Skype as the company, still very much a part of the Isle of Wight business community, is about to move into spanking new premises. Here's my conversation with Rob. Rob, great to have you on the show. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, Why don't we start by you describing where you are right now so our listeners can get a feel uh, for Rapa Nui and all the things you do there. Okay,
1: so Rapa Nui started as a fashion brand, Um, so we make clothing just like the high street, but from more sustainable materials like organic cotton and bamboo in ethically accredited factories. So that means they'll have certifications like Fairtrade or Fairware. And um, also the thing that made us different was the factory that we chose uh, has uh, a renewable energy source for um, energy. So they've actually got a, a wind turbine array there and um, we did a lot of work with traceability so people can find look at our supply chain and find out exactly where and how everything's made. So when, when we did that, we got a lot of interest from, from the press um, specifically for the, the traceability side and, and we had a lot of businesses get in touch and now we do a lot of uh, business to business work so we use the same supply chain that um, powers the the Rapa Nui brand to make clothing for uh, big, big UK and multinational brands for typically for their marketing or um, uniform um, so yeah. they know that they can have an organic cotton t-shirt etc um, and, and that there's no skeletons in the closet or uh, and, and maybe be proud of the marketing message and then the other thing that we've done more recently is we do a lot of uh, print on demand white label merchandise so we've set up a platform called T-Mill which um, we're working with a lot of UK charities and other people <clears throat> with large audiences Um, uh, It's a white label uh, print on demand uh, merchandise system, um, which is really exciting, and and that part of the business is growing quite quickly, actually.
0: Okay, I mean, great intro to the business, and we'll explore a number of those different elements uh, in due course. I mean, for those of us, you know, for those of our listeners that are tuning in from far and wide, uh, tell us a bit about where you are, right on the Isle of Wight, there, right on the, the. off the south coast of the UK yeah uh, I mean, this is where you grew up isn't it I mean why did you decide to stay there and run the business from there rather than move on to the mainland and maybe head into one of the big cities what's yeah. so special about the Isle of Wight there
1: okay so the, the Isle of Wight is obviously a unique place it's a beautiful place to to grow up and but it has a a, a unique um, economy as well we Martin and I went to university both in the southwest I went to Plymouth and Martin went down to X T Uni uh, in in Trameau to study renewable energy engineering and when we wanted to come back because that's where our friends and family are and you know it's just a nice place to be and I think that it's one of the reasons why we started Rapa Nui actually we started because the Isle of Wight economy means that it's quite difficult place to find a job and we decided if we couldn't um, find one we'd make our own one. Uh, and start with a few hundred pounds in in a shed uh, and a box of t shirts about ten years ago now um, <clears throat> we do you know the the it's an interesting point about the economy because the as, as you can imagine with that lack of jobs there's there 's quite a lot of talent available on the island and a lot of people that uh, young people specifically that just don't have the opportunities that they have on the mainland and being um Having been in that position ourselves, one of the sort of core principles of the business evolved to support and 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 help to employ um, these young people on the island that um, needed uh, the opportunity. Um, so that was a part of the business that's evolved as time's gone on. So now we have a, a youth recruitment policy, and everybody comes through, um, albeit for for a couple from the early days on um, on an apprenticeship program. So we'll, we'll train everyone from the production guys to the, the software developers and sales team, design team, customer service team and accounts all come through this apprenticeship program which is amazing. Great. And uh, it creates this, this fantastic culture of, of continuous improvement and, and development because everybody's growing, the business is growing, each each person has their individual story. And when you know um, somebody uh, graduates from their apprenticeship pro- sk- scheme, because the business has grown so quickly, They're able to move into a job with a lot of responsibility at a very young age. The average age of the employees in here is about 23, something like that, which is just completely mad. I'm the oldest one in here at 31, and I feel ancient.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're you're all still ridiculously young as well. I mean, uh, I wonder what what that journey looked like when you were at the stage of kind of, you know, wondering what to do next, wondering what career to take. What, yeah. what led you to setting up Rapa Nui? Obviously, you wanted to do something on the island. Not a great mm. deal of opportunities, as you say. But, yeah. but what was it specifically about Kind of uh, running a business like Rapa Nui? Um, I mean, Martin and I have always been um,
1: enterprising, I suppose. When, when we were younger, uh, Martin would invent things. So we invented this uh, downhill go-kart. Uh, uh, and sold plans to friends uh, and it became a mini craze on the Isle of Wight and <laughs> uh, and then invented a, uh, a fold up surfboard because we only had a moped to get to the beach and so uh, we sort of we've always been sort of interested in business but and then coming back to the island it sort of I don't know we just sort of thought oh, we'll do something together and because of Martin's studies, as I mentioned you did re- study renewable energy engineering, we sort of thought that this was around the time of like a lot of um, uh, subsidies, subsidies for for small uh, small scale renewables and um, we knew a lot about that kind of thing and we thought you know maybe we could set up a renewables installation firm but then we realised that we didn't have any money and then we thought well if we don't got any money maybe we can I don't know uh, be consultants and this is at the age of like 20 and 22. And we kind of realized that we had uh, cheap suits and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> fine beards and were probably unlikely to, to be taken seriously by a lot of the uh, people who might find the information that and knowledge that we had um, useful. So we sort of decided that we'd start a brand. And um, I don't know, it's, 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 it's funny, it's such a long time ago now, um, but I think that we thought there was something we we had a unique idea where we were taking an engineering approach to sustainability, and just presenting the facts, and that was the the difference with 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 our approach, I suppose. Mm. We had, um, you know, we were saying like, right, what are the issues in in supply chains for clothing? Let's deal with them one by one, and we were we, we it, mm. that led us to to the the factory that we have been working with um, ever since, where we looked at the. The product and, and organic side of things we looked at the people involved and then we looked at the energy as well and then the thing that we did differently was just present all that information to our customers in a way that made it easy for them to make their own decisions about the products that they buy and that's sort of one of the things that Rapanui became most well known for
0: yeah and that, that supplier story is at the heart of everything isn't it and uh, yeah. I, I wonder about that how easy it's been for you to, to kind of get to where you need to get to, because there's not many companies doing that with, with a kind of fully traceable yeah. supply chain that, that describes it incredibly simply on the website and and, yeah. and it enables customers to kind of buy into that story. I mean, has that been difficult to do that?
1: I, I think, to be honest with you, Tom, like if you put a couple of young guys on the internet for long enough, they're going to find the answers. And so it was difficult to to find the the, the right partner, but there's plen- there's plenty out there. I think that if you tried, you could do it, and I also think that the um, you no know, the price argument doesn't really hold in terms of like, quality. We've got amazing quality product, and we're able to beat to get. In fact, the best example I can give you is for some of the corporate stuff that we do. We're able to beat the prices that they pay for their um, uniforms and uh, marketing clothing. With a sustainable alternative, so I think that usually it's a case of like lean supply chains. You might, you you'll have quite often you'll have agents involved and many people involved in the supply chain who are all making a little margin. If you right. can be clever about it and go direct to source or you know deal with one agent or or someone in the UK that's got those relationships established, then you can save the money that is being made by all of the various individuals in the supply chain and. Um, um, deliver a sustainable alternative um, uh, um, product for less than you're paying for your your promo stuff.
0: Interesting. So you're exploding the myth that that sustainability equals more expensive, and and actually what you're saying is it's it's less about kind of uh, uh, an ethical supply chain, and, and but the other the other element is is making it more lean because you're cutting out a number of the different stages of it, which I guess simplifies yeah. it. I mean, Absolutely. Why, why aren't more companies doing that and taking that approach?
1: I don't know. I. I uh, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I think that the benefit that we have is that, you know, we're still a, um, a relatively, we're still an SME. So we've got there's we've got flexibility and we can, we can move quickly. And so an opportunity will come along and we'll take it. Whereas, you know, with, with larger companies, you might have a, a procurement team and contracts and tenders and, and that kind of thing where you might have to wait for a couple of years before you can look at changing things. Whereas if we want to make a decision, we can just do it right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I suppose that's probably the, the 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 quickest answer. But having not been in those uh, those companies, I wouldn't be able to answer it directly. I just know that you know we've got something great here, and um, uh, yeah, it just seems to be working for us taking that approach.
0: And and, and do you often get approached by bigger companies, uh, perhaps people working in supply chains who kind of. Who, who want to look at your business and say actually how did you do that or, or, or does that is that conversation not happening yet?
1: Uh, everyone's interested in the idea of sustainability and circular economy and um, for a lot of people it's about having responsibly sourced products and that's what we offer. People will be looking at the same sort of price that they're paying for their, their traditional promo uh, products that they're able to get an amazing organic cotton. Fair trade, wind powered, traceable product. It's sort of a bit of a no-brainer um, when it for for the the marketing teams. Sometimes you have a you've got procure. You might have you know being practical. You might have procurement in the way of it where they might say you know this is an extra twenty p or something. And you it's it's about explaining value. I think yeah. uh, not only of the product as it stands, but of the marketing message and of not just the positive marketing message, but the fact that. You can rely on on the um, the provenance of this product and the certifications that are behind it. So you're not going to have a Rana Plaza kind of disaster on your hands. Um, you've, you've, you've got a safety net there in terms of where the product comes from and a really positive message to go with it.
0: Yeah, and so the end products, um, you make a range of t-shirts, jumpers, shirts, hoodies, uh, yeah. they're ethical, they're sustainable, they're, they're quality garments, yeah. explain how they're different to, to what most people buy say on the high street if you go into a kind of a fast fashion store, I guess you yeah. go around these stores and look at the, some of the t-shirts and think wow, the, the, the quality is just not there and you can kind of almost feel and, and see the problems in that supply chain, can you?
1: Yeah, I mean that's really insightful, Tom, because that's exactly what I do. I can't remember the last time that I bought a T-shirt from the high street. Uh, honestly, I can't. It must be getting on for twelve years ago, something like that, 11, 11 years ago. And the reason is that you go into the, in, into a high street store, and once you've made uh, clothing products, then you come to notice certain things. It might just be, you know, the the quality of the stitching or it might be the weight of the fabric or the feel of the fabric. Quite often on the high street, you'll add um, polyester to, to cotton for, for durability, but also you might add some finishing agents to the fabric. So you might have sometimes formaldehyde, as nasty as it sounds, is added to sort of standard uh, promotional T-shirts or um, uh, high street high street tees. And um, so to, to compare our products to, to those, all, all of ours are made from organic cotton so the difference there is that in the uh in the production and supply chain taking it from the field first you don't have any agrochemicals or pesticides that are used in the production of uh, the products uh, the, the, raw, the raw cotton sorry and so that means that you don't have to worry about all of the nasty effects that you have on uh, the individual humans that are in there picking the cotton i mean it's really nasty stuff talking like blindness and cancers and it's horrible you know i don't like talking about that kind of thing but that's the reality of it mm-hmm. and 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 then in terms of the uh, environmental impact as well you know you're looking at creating a monoculture and destroying the biodiversity so it's really really nasty horrible stuff and then when you get to the factory obviously the organic side of things means that uh there's no chemicals used in or present in the product, uh, uh, in terms of the factory processing, uh, and, um, uh, as well as the print and, and, and dyes that are used in, in dyeing the product as well. So right. you, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a lot to consider, uh, and, um, yeah, in terms of quality, like I say, the, you're getting a high end quality fashion item, but with all of this added value of organic cotton, fair trade and, and wind power and traceability as well. So
0: yeah, yeah. And it, it's that quality that, that is, is so impressive. It's about the supply chain, which is so impressive in your story. But yeah. also, the other thing that I, I love about Rapid New is, is how the you know your, how you get products to market has evolved in the last few years. And yeah. obviously, you've got your online store uh, where yeah. customers can come and buy a range of Rapid New products. But they also yeah. have the ability to kind of design their own products as well, don't they? That's right. Um, yeah. How how has how that kind of area of the business evolved in the last couple of years
1: yeah i mean that's that, that that personalization thing is just massive at the moment and so that's that has evolved quite drastically for rapineering started off with a design your own t-shirt studio which is still available on the site so consumers can go on there and you know upload a photo or or customize their rapineering tea we might have a particular design that's not available in the color they want or the designs not in the color they want so they can do that but uh, that then evolved into uh, an api where we made that um, ability of creating a product from a, an image and a, and a base product image uh, to um, uh, allow people who had apps to, that where there's a user experience uh, that created an image to have a product available at the end of that. And then that evolved into T-Mill, which is our new uh, platform that allows anybody anywhere to create their own ethical clothing store. So there's millions or well not millions that's a bit of an overstatement but soon there will be millions we've got hundreds and thousands of people that are um creating their own ethical store in the image of rapanui using our tmail platform so you can go and design your own products and then populate your store with um those products that you've developed and obviously populate it with content and it's a, a profit share arrangement where um uh, they'll promote those the their T-mail store to their audience and then orders come through to our factory we print them on demand send them out and at the end of the month we get in touch and say hello we'll share half we here's here's half the profit and um, away you go so that's been really successful um, recently and we're working with lots of charities and um, other people with large large audiences um, so and, RSPC... And I-
0: And I I absolutely love this idea because this is not just about, you know, plug and play, you know, sharing your technology. This is the ability for anyone to kind of, Almost off the shelf, by an ethical supply chain. They're basically plugging into your entire process, your factory, your suppliers. Exactly. Uh, where, did, where did that idea, do it, idea come from? Was it an, an extension of what you were already doing in terms of allowing people to design their own t-shirts, or was that already a part of the thinking? And how did that, how did that sort of thinking it, evolve?
1: It, yeah, it was a bit of a mix of both. To be honest with you, Tom. Like we, so because we, because of the the value of Rapa Nui and you know the partnerships that we've had in the past, whether it's making stuff for for, for businesses or working in partnership with charities we used to do a lot of limited edition teas and partnerships with charities through Rapa Nui but that was always risky for us because we had to print say a hundred uh screen printed t-shirts and then hold them in stock and you know cross our fingers that they'd sell and we invested in some new technology that allows us to print on demand and so you've got uh, a really super low waste um production um uh, uh area now and that allowed us to take on a lot more of these partnerships and tmail kind of evolved from that opportunity to work with uh charities and other um audiences and also from the design your own uh, capability so people could then use the design your own tool and plug it into this idea of reskinning a rapanui store to be like a charity type store and that that's how it kind of evolved and yeah. um, it's been really successful actually and we've had some amazing signups just and a lot of word of mouth that's going on around, around uh now about T mill which is really exciting and i think that that's one of the we we, we think it's going to be a really important part of the business going forward because it's about making sustainability accessible and um you know you don't have to go out and uh hire an office and uh employ your customer service team and invest in a load of stock and printers and uh, fulfillment team and so on. You can literally set up a website and design a cl- an ethical uh, clothing collection from your bedroom.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, or invest in those supplier relationships, which obviously you, you have done. I think that's right. So, so absolutely brilliant. Yeah, okay. um, so do, do you have to police uh, the team meal uh, yes. business? I mean, obviously, yeah. you, you can't have anyone selling anything on there. It's just it's no. attached so to every- your business. How do, yeah. how do you do that?
1: Everyone gets moderated. So um, when somebody applies, then we, first of all, we'll check who they are, check them out, and then we'll either let them in or, um, um, or not, and then when they design a, a product, that gets checked, and then right. when they, we check their store as well.
0: Okay, okay, and what, what, sort, of, what sort of businesses or, or organizations would you not allow in there?
1: Well, we, the way that we've defined it is anything that's um, hateful or harmful, and I know that sounds okay. very general, but, um, we had a, it was quite interesting because we were trying to work out whether we let it open to everybody or whether we continue to moderate it because it was taking up a lot of time yeah. and, um, we decided that we had to continue to moderate it and, you know, you, you just got to be careful not to allow somebody to have a, uh, you know, an ISIS, uh, supporting, um, yeah. Yeah. range or something. And so it's difficult. Uh, to to, um, to decide but we by creating those those sort of those rules it made it easier for um, for us to determine who we let in and who we don't
0: yeah yeah Are ISIS or worse still a Donald Trump uh, campaign yeah. t-show Um well, yeah so obviously you've made huge investments in, in technology and I wonder yeah. how you've managed to kind of finance that and get that balance right between you know, sticking to your core offering, which is what you set out to do in the first place, and then also, you know, pushing the envelope. You've obviously seen a, a huge kind of opportunity here. Yeah. How have you sort of self-financed that?
1: Through careful business management, I suppose. We, you know, we, we sort of because we're a, a founder-led um, business, and we're we're based on the Isle of Wight, and we don't have the sort of like, you know, Series A. Uh, fundraising sort of methodology or um, environment around us other than something that we're aware of we've just sort of like knuckled down and try to make money first and then we just allocate um, our, uh, the, the resources that we've um, gathered from all the hard work that we've done to invest in projects that we think are going to work and because we've got uh, a coding team that's in-house and uh, it's a core function of the business we don't have to outsource we we just we 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 train up and um, through the same way that we train the rest of our staff and employees but we know that technology is really important and innovation is what's got the business to where it is if it wasn't for my brother continuing uh to do what he did with downhill go-karts and fold up surfboards (laughs) with with the business then you know we'd be uh doing okay as a fashion brand but and doing the odd bit of stuff for for business, for for other businesses but it's the technology within the business that has really continued to uh, is it's, it's helped us to scale massively yeah. Yeah. without it we wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't be in the place that we are
0: yeah, you mentioned your brother. We we had Cressy uh, Westling. I think you probably know she's from uh, Elvis and Cressy on the show a couple of weeks ago. and oh, yeah, she she founded the business and now works with her her partner. Cool. Uh, and she thinks it's great, you know, working with the person she loves and uh, gets to spend all that time with with that person. What, yeah. What's it like working with your, with your brother in it's this fun. business? It's, How, how's it's, that work?
1: It's, it's great, you know, having somebody there that um, you can rely on. Uh, no matter what, it's just like you know, you you can't put any value on that. And it's it's um uh, it, I guess the the idea of like trust that um for is is the most important important thing. You've got you for for Martin and I, you know, I trust him to uh, deliver on all of the innovation and process within the company in the same way that he trusts me. To make sure that we've got enough money in the bank at the end of the month um and um and and make sure that everything's legal (laughs) so that's sort of (laughs) our two jobs and uh and um i i I don't think that you can i don't know i can only speak from experience i I, i'm sure Mm. that other uh, other types of partnerships work really well but it's great to have somebody that um, that you can bounce off of um being having we're we're building a new factory at the moment and mart's over at the factory site project managing uh, that um full time so he's got away for like six weeks and so i'm kind of on my own uh mm. and uh at, at, the, at the moment at um running the business and that's okay but it's much easier when there's the two of us we seem to be able to drive each other on and uh and and that's how that the, that sort of cycle of continuous improvement and growth and innovation um just continue it carries on is is through uh relationship and and sort of continuing to push each other I suppose
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so so what's next for, for Rapa Nui you're obviously always thinking of new ideas developing yeah. new ideas what yeah. else is there to do with the brand what, what, what do you want to go next
1: well there's a few things internally that we're doing we're doing a lot of work with like the internet of things and uh, and automating the factory which is quite exciting but in terms of outbound stuff t-mail is our big focus at the moment and improving the the system for um, users uh, is 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 our big focus and doing a lot more uh, big stuff with with corporates and I guess so I guess the big picture is sort of like doing more for sustainability by getting more R- rapanui products out there, whether it's through you know forty thousand T-shirts for some big name brand in the UK all with a Rapa Nui label in them and them displacing some crappy promotional products that would be there, or whether it's through you know helping um some charity or, or cause to to raise funds or raise awareness or increase reach for the for their um, for for their campaigns um, that's that's what we're really focused on at the moment and what we're we're really excited about um, I'm' uh, personally quite uh interested in to see how the the, the diy side of t um uh continues so that's the you know allowing people to do their own do their own designs and, and build their own stores i think that's going to be massive um in the next year or so so that's where our focus is and really excited about the future
0: Fantastic. Well, I wish you all the very best with it, Rob. It's been a pleasure Thanks, having Tom. you on the Better Business Show and uh, and for sharing your story with us. Uh, how can our listeners find out more about Rapa Nui and to buy t shirts and hoodies and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Where, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, if they go to, if they just search Rapa Nui in Google or search T Mail, um, then, uh, then they'll find us. Wonderful.
0: Rob, thank you very much and good luck with it all.
1: Cheers, Tom. Thanks.
0: rob drake knight their co-founder of Rapanui and the brilliant tea meal business as well um so who can guess what my exciting news is well i jumped off the phone with rob and well i haven't really explored the tea meal part of their business i spent most of my time excited about their their brand and their products um but you can probably hear in my voice as we were discussing tea meal during that recording Uh, I went straight onto T-Mill to see what all the fuss was about. I was playing around with the the interface. I set up an account uh, and I was just messing around really. And in the space of a few days, I had set up a t-shirt business. Uh, Not just any old t-shirt business, but a t-shirt business with a truly traceable and ethical supply chain with a range of quality organic products. I've tapped into the Rapa Nui factory and the supply chain it's created to develop my own white-labeled business, just as Rob said I could, and just as you could if you wanted to. Um, so my business is live. The URL is not entirely snappy. Uh, it's something I'm gonna have to work on. Um, but if you go to betterbusinessshow.tmil.co.uk, that's betterbusinessshow.tml.co.uk, Uh it's live right now. You can go uh, have a look, go and buy something, uh, some awesome t-shirts. Um, I've written a, a blog post about the premise of the store and the products that I've developed. Essentially, if you're a green geek and you get excited about the words and wisdom of environmentalists and pioneers and innovators, some of the sorts of people we get on the show, um, but these sorts of people across you know across the world of sustainable business, then you're going to love our t-shirt shop. Um, each t-shirt is emblazoned with a great quote from the great and good of environmentalism, from people like the late, great Ray Anderson, uh, Jonathan Porritt, George Monbiot, Nick Stern, Peter Drucker, all these great guys, Naomi Klein. Um, so have a look, uh, let me know what you think, uh, and before you do that, yeah, buy one. Uh, you know the products are gonna be great, they're ethical, they're organic, they're fully traceable, they're powered by wind uh, wind energy, everything that Rapa Nui's products are, because you know, basically that's what they are, They're Rapa Nui's products, except they're not. They're mine. They're the Better Business Show's great products. Brilliant, isn't it? And, of course, I encourage you all to do the same. Have a look at t Uh, Set up your own T-shirt shop. Uh, It's an off-the-shelf ethical supply chain. I I think it's just absolutely wonderful. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, Anyway, as you can tell. Anyway, that's it for another week. All the links to Rapa Nui, to T-Meal, to our exciting new pop-up T-shirt shop are in the show notes accompanying this episode of the Better Business Show. Head over to betterbusiness.show uh, for all that. Please let me know what you think of Rapa Nui. Please let me know what you think of the show. Please let me know what you think of our new t-shirt shop. Uh, in the usual way, Tom Idol at narrativematters.co.uk or find me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Tom Idol. We'll be back again next Monday. So until then, goodbye.